Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the best day of the week. Happy Thursday to you, to you listening on the radio, to you listening on the free Odyssey app, to you listening via ESPN1320 TV, youtube.com slash ESPN1320. That's twitch.tv slash ESPN1320. What do you got? We got some exciting stuff. Oh, what are we, what's up? All star All Star voting was just released. Oh, hang Don't. on. Hang on. Hang on. Don't wait. Hang on. Let me do my, let me do my, this is why it's hard to produce a show and host it at the same time. We have all-star numbers in James Hamm. The third fan returns. Domanis Sabonis has entered the conversation, everybody. He is number 10. Look at him go. In Western Conference front court players. Uh, And De'Aaron Fox has moved up to number seven. I'm so I'm so proud of Kings fans and NBA fans in general for starting to get the voting right. Yeah, sorry to bamboozle our opening. No, it's fine. We love it. There it was. We love it. Congratulations to De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis for getting into the top ten in fan voting. I think they're going to be all stars because fan voting is only part of it. Yeah, I think the fan voting matters for starters. And like coaches and players pick the rest. I think so. I think, I think coaches. I think coaches pick the just, rest. Just coaches, no players. Yeah. Just get all the players voting for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. Good. Good start to the show. Yes. Uh, happy Thursday. Thank you everybody for for watching. Thank you everybody for listening. I, we'll we'll talk about Kings Pacers. There's a couple different things I want to I want to get into with that. Uh, the Suns. Obviously, beat the Kings by going small at the end. We'll talk about how the Kings might adjust to that, mm-hmm. what they can do to get back on a winning track against the Pacers. But I want to start in the NFL today. Yes. Because news broke last night from ESPN's Adam Schefter that Mike McCarthy's job in Dallas is safe. So, more breaking news here. The Cowboys have been eliminated from Super Bowl contention for next season by way of Mike McCarthy sticking around as their head coach. That's, you know, that's tough for Cowboys fans, maybe year after next. But I I this is fascinating to me because Mike McCarthy gets to stick around again. They've won 12 games 3 years in a row. They've won one playoff game in those 3 years. And they've had a roster that has been capable for to to me anyway. And I think to Jerry Jones 
of going to the Super Bowl each of those years, and they've not. And they've they've face-planted spectacularly a couple of times in that stretch. So this brings a question to me. Of I don't want to talk about the Cowboys. I don't care that much about the Dallas Cowboys to spend a lot of time talking about them. No, the only reason I watch the Cowboys at all is because C.D. Lamb is on my fantasy <laughs> Right, outside or of play- that. Or they're playing yeah. the 49ers. Yeah, right. yeah, outside of that, no. Like, I don't want to watch them. Yeah, just don't don't care that much. They're in the NFC, and they're a good NFC team, and they might play the Niners in the playoffs, but as far as that goes, and they're on primetime all the time. But anyways, I don't care that much about them. I think the idea though of like expectations in sports is so fascinating Mm -hmm. because I sit here on the radio and I go Mike McCarthy stings Mike McCarthy should be fired by the Dallas Cowboys but if Mike Brown of the Sacramento Kings just for example won the equivalent of 12 games in so what is that I don't I should have done the math beforehand. If he won 50 plus games. Yeah, it's like a 700 win percentage. 12 divided by 17 times 82. That's a 58 game season. 58 win season in the NBA. Okay. To go 12 and 5 in the NFL. That's what Mike McCarthy's done the last 3 years. If Mike Brown won 58 games 3 years in a row mm. and the Kings won one playoff series in those 3 years, I don't think there's any chance we would be getting on the radio going, you know what, the Kings just need to make a change of head coach. No, I, I mean, that, I, I, <laughs> if you got to that point, but, like, you're not there. Right. But expectations have still changed. Right. Expectations have changed for the Kings just this year. Oh, yeah. Like, there were people on uh, in the chatty house yesterday, on Twitter yesterday, after they lost to the Suns, like, I'm not watching basketball for two weeks. Oh, I need a break. I'm done. I'm done with this I'm team. I'm done with this I'm team. I'm done until they make a trade. Like, dang, and that's not bad. Like, this is not to criticize anybody who thinks that. Like, fan how you fan. I don't. I support you no matter what. Fan how you fan. Yes. But from an expectation standpoint, two years ago, the the same people would have killed for the Kings to be six over on January eighteenth. Oh yeah. Would have killed for it. Yeah. And now it's now the expectations have reached a point of well I'm not why, after they blew that lead they've lost three in a row I got, I need a week off those same people they <laughs> literally would paint like half their face purple and half of it black and go to work they would go to work if this wearing face paint right now if this was last season, like five years ago yeah. and the Kings were six game six games over so I get it I, I get it but expectations change and. You know, I think that that's it's such a difficult thing, and and especially this season specifically, the way mm-hmm. the Kings have lost so brutally, mm-hmm. like the big losses, like that matters. Like yeah. I, I can imagine, like the game the other night where they they blow a twenty two point lead, or where Damian Lillard hits a three. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that that ruined a couple of people's nights. Like people, like they got yeah, done with sucks. that, and they're like, okay, I like I that really, really just ruined my evening. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's a bad way to lose, especially up eighteen with five and a half minutes left. Yeah. You're sitting on your couch and you're going, "Great, I'm gonna cruise." You probably maybe you're up washing dishes or doing whatever you do to start getting ready for bed. Mm-hmm. Start your nighttime routine. You're going, "Okay, the Kings will be on in the background, but hey, they're cruising." Yeah, and all of a sudden you go to bed with a loss. Like that sucks. Yeah, undeniably. And again, like I said, I'm not blaming, criticizing anybody that that is like, "Hey, I'm done," because most likely those people are going to be there tonight. Yeah. They're going to be watching tonight. <laughs> Just frustrated in the moment. But it's, 
I, I I find the the Mike McCarthy thing specifically so interesting because like the Cowboys, there's this expectation of Super Bowl success, but that's not been the case since 1995. Yes, yeah, like like 30 like maybe years. they're okay with just competing and being in the playoffs. I guess maybe that's fine for them because if if that is, then Mike McCarthy's your guy. He will get you there, like for sure. He's got you. If you got a good enough roster, Mike McCarthy will get you there. But I look at the 49ers and same thing. But Jed, Jed York goes, uh, we we hang Super Bowl banners here. We don't hang division banners. We hang Super Bowl banners. He don't hang Super Bowl banners since 1994. I mean, technically, it was 95. It was J- January 95, but the 94 season. Was he, I mean, even an owner then? Like, no. I, I, was he in high school? In 94, yeah, probably. Probably high school ish. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, his his uncle Eddie DeBartolo on the team. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So, 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 I, so I, no, he wasn't, he wasn't involved with the franchise the way he is now. Then, but he says we hang Super Bowl banners, not division banners, and yet they sit here and they've extended Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. even though he's not won anything, because the expectation changed. They went from Jim Harbaugh. 2011-2014, tons of success, save for the 2014 season. And after that season, that's when Jed said, we don't hang division banners, we hang Super Bowl banners, trying to justify why he got rid of Jim Harbaugh. But then he saw how bad it was with Jim Tom Sula. Mm. Okay, that, that that was a mistake. He's a defensive line coach, promoted him too early. Let's get a real coach in here, Chip Kelly. Had some success with Philly, let's get him in here, turn the culture around, wrong. Won two games, beat the Rams twice, go 2-14, mm. and 14, get the number two pick in the draft. And then he went, okay, the expectation now is let's just some stability. We'll take stability. And that's why Kyle Shanahan, despite the fact that he has not won a Super Bowl, that they've only been to one Super Bowl under Kyle Shanahan, but they've been in the playoffs in every year since 2019, save for 2020, so all but one year since 2019. They've been in the NFC Championship game three times, and they've been in the Super Bowl once. If you're Jed York, you're going, this is great. Like, this is A+. But when does it get to a point where you have to have a coach that can get you over the top? Because yeah, that's that's typical. Like, they're, they're, you get to a certain point with a coach. Like, if Kyle Shanahan isn't in the Super Bowl, and if Kyle Shanahan maybe doesn't win the Super Bowl, like, this same conversation might be seeping in. Because Do- expectations here now are like, look like always a bridesmaid, never a bride, man. Mm -hmm. Like at what point do you have it in you to get your team over the hump? And you can say, well, maybe you didn't have this. No, this is an all-star team. Yeah. Like you're running out there with like, with a team that was made on, on Madden. Yeah. Like this is a a team with spectacular players at almost every position. Like at what point does it become finger pointing if, if you don't get there? And I guess for the Cowboys, it's never because we saw the Jason Garrett situation play out over like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that thing could almost drive and <laughs> you're just waiting for like, I mean, it's going through puberty and you're like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just horrible. So I guess, you know, I, I don't know. Jerry Jones must think he gets to live forever because he's, he's acting that way and he's just, yeah. he's going to squander another year. Yeah. I don't know. That's tough. Yeah. I think, I, I think with, with the 49ers specifically and with Kyle Shanahan, and I produced radio in the Bay Area for for the 2019, 2020, and 2021 seasons. Mm-hmm. 
So it'd been and I guess 2022. So like four football seasons, I was I was there, and that would come up like the 2020 season when the Niners went four and what did they go four and twelve that year. Yeah, something like that. What whatever they they ended up going. That no that that year they went like six and ten, but still they were sub 500, not good. There were all the injuries. The talk was like, man, Kyle Shanahan just can't get it. If he can't get it done, I mean. And they had just gone for, to a Super Bowl. They had a bunch of guys get hurt. And next year, they're in the NFC title game. They fall short. Next year, in the NFC title game, their quarterback gets hurt. Their mm. third quarterback of the year gets hurt. And even then, it was like, well, Kyle Shanahan just gets his quarterbacks hurt. <laughs> like, that's well, wild. that used to be the claim about his running backs. Right, yeah. And first I think it, it still probably is, except for somehow Christian McCaffrey, one of the most injury-riddled running backs in history, uh, figured it out. figures out a way to stay healthy every year. Yeah. Even no, though his, uh, on occasion, his coach runs him 19 times in the first half. That's fine. That's Nin- fine. 19 touches in the he's first half. He's all good. He's fine. <laughs> he's fine now. He's ready for the playoffs. No, and so I, I, I'm, I, that's the question I have is because right now I sit here and I go, they have a loaded roster that he has final say over, by the way. Mm-hmm. There are other people in the building helping construct this roster, but he's built a good roster. He's hired a ton of good coaches who have gone on to get head coaching jobs who have gone on to have successful head coaching stints. Yeah. And I think that speaks for something. But like you said, at some point, you got to get over that hump because at some point you have a loaded roster. And even if it's not on the coach, even if it is, oh man, there's a bad call here and a fumble there. And you know what? They just didn't get this bounce and, and they just keep falling short. Like at some point you go, all right, tear it up. Got to do something different. Mm-hmm. And I, I, when that is for the 49ers, I have no idea. They just keep extending. It'll be vibes for me. Yeah. It'll be vibes for me. Now, I thought Mike uh, Mike Smith, who was the Falcons coach uh, from 2008 through 2014, he took them to uh, the playoffs four out of his seven years, and they went to a conference championship game in there. Uh, they went to a divisional game. They were they – were Good team in that stretch. I thought he got fired right after they lost that conference championship game, but he had two years after that where they went 10 and 22 in those two years. And at that point, it's like, okay, that coach had success. His message is lost. And that's, I think, with with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, I think right now they go, hey, we have a damn good football coach. And if the message ever gets lost, then they'll move on. Yeah. I mean, we're we're getting close to that, Kyle. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Let's switch gears. Let's talk some Kings on the uh, coming up next. They face the Pacers tonight, and uh, obviously we got to get to the Halliburton Sabonis mm. conversation because that's what we do on the radio. That's right. Yeah, buckle up, everybody. Uh, plenty coming up though, and at eleven o'clock we'll have uh, Packers legend, inventor of the Lambo leap, and Pro Football Hall of Famer Leroy Butler is going to join us at eleven o'clock. That's going to be a ton of fun. Love talking football with him. Stay locked into the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube, right here on ESPN thirteen twenty. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Now, back to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, if James breaks news on the show... Which could very well happen. The d- trade deadline's coming. February 8th. Yeah. But if James breaks news on the show, 
and you want to tweet about it, credit James Hammond, Kyle Madsen of ESPN 1320. <laughs> 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 I'm riding coattails. No. Um, that's funny. No, I think that's interesting. The The idea of... Like somebody, if if you were not watching on the on the stream, or maybe you you mute the stream, it breaks, which would be nuts. But whatever. Um, if you're watching on the stream, somebody asked James in the in, in our YouTube chat in the chatty house. They asked him, you know, hey, do you ever wonder, you know, being an insider, a newsbreaker, do you ever wonder that you're going to miss something during a show? And I thought your answer was really good. Like, no, because I've locked in, I'm multitasking, I'm doing a million things, and if news breaks, then I'll break it right here and we'll talk about it. And I think that's such a fun, like, aspect of especially doing radio from 10 to noon because there's a lot of yeah. news that'll that'll happen in this window, especially because East Coast time, it's 1.20 p.m. right now. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I love that aspect of this. And I'm telling you, every single time you look down at your phone or you pick up your phone, I notice because... It might always be something a little interesting. Well, like this morning. Sometimes it's not. Like I, I, <laughs> I haven't been able to fully confirm, but uh, I will tell you that I, I've heard a rumor that the Oakland A's are in Sacramento right now looking at Sutter, uh, what is it, Sutter? Sutter Health Field. Sutter Health Field. Sutter Health Park. Yeah, Sutter Health Park. Um, so like I, I don't have Sutter like, Health Park. multiple confirmations on that. But my source on that is is really solid, and I'm going to say, hey, there's a good chance that the Oakland A's are in Sacramento trying to look at uh, the possibility of playing at the Rivercats Stadium, which is owned by Vivek Ranadive. Gross. Yep. I'm out. You will not catch me at a Sacramento A's game. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Um, Ugh. Like that, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Kyle. I, I mean, like the only way that I'm doing this if I'm Vivek is if it comes with the opportunity to possibly get an expansion team down the down the road. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're the city of Sacramento, if you're ownership, and maybe that makes sense. Sure, uh, where you can prove up that you're a legitimate, uh, you know, baseball market. I wonder but. if ML- I, I wonder if they would do that without some kind of confirmation from MLB that MLB would even consider it. I guess. I, I mean, like I think because, the, the fallback would be that you're going to give up your Giants affiliation, right? Mm-hmm. in order to make that move. Yeah. And I think it would have to come with the understanding that at worst case scenario, the aviators would move up from Las Vegas and become your AAA team again. If 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 MLB put a major league team here. Well, you mean. no, no, if they did not. like Because if the A's like welcome in, I mean, if if uh, the Rivercats welcome in the Oakland A's, that, that basically you can't have two teams playing in one stadium. Like you can't have the River Cats and the A's. Like the A's would come up, they would play at River Cats Park, at uh, you know again. I mean, why not? Field. They're talking about the A's possibly playing games at Oracle Park. Yeah, the Giants play. I I just don't know that that's possible though. Like to have because there's so many games. Yeah, and and again, I don't. The Giants have basically said no, like or at least that's what what the word was initially. Like. They didn't have interest in that. I wonder how many people would go to an A's game in San Francisco. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Well, I mean, I wonder how many people would go to an A's game in in Sacramento. It's not that far. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm an A's fan, which I am, I would much prefer that the A's move to Sacramento than move to Las Vegas. If they go to Las Vegas, uh, Don, Donzo, gone, bye-bye, see ya. If they move to Sacramento... But 
you can still if you're an A's fan, you can still get to Sacramento. You can take the train. You can take you can you can be here and see games right down the street. You know. No, I I I I, I understand that, but I mean, let me let me make sure that I'm being abundantly clear here. Yeah. When I say I'm out on the Sacramento A's, I mean in in that scope of hey, they're going to play here for a couple of years while they build the ballpark in Vegas. Oh, got it. And then that means that I'm out on. Yeah. Now, if they scrap the ballpark and Vivek buys the team from John Fisher and they build a major league park in in Sacramento and that's what it is, that I that I would be able to live with much easier than than displacing them entirely from Northern California. Yeah. For me personally, I I have friends who who punted on the Warriors when they left Oakland. Okay. For San Francisco. And that is those are Die hard, like from Oakland. If you're not with Oakland, you're not with any. Okay, like that's that. I'm just not. That's not me. Yeah, I, I mean, basically, the way this thing looks like it's playing out is that the 2024 season will be the last season at the Coliseum, and it may not right. even be that. Like we don't know. There, there's a possibility they could find something for right now, and kind of move on. Here's here's what is. That's a great point, and I think it, it's worth laying out. Here is what. Here is what is certain the A's lease at the Coliseum is up after 2024. Yeah. They have no home for 2025. Yeah. Or 2026 or 2027 or maybe even 2028. That's when their Vegas ballpark is supposed to be done, but yeah. they don't even have renderings yet. So I, 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 I'm, I'm assuming that they'll smash whatever bill or whatever funding or whatever they need to get through to get the ballpark up by 2028. Yeah. But they don't they don't have a home field beyond 2024. No, it's That is the only certainty disaster. right now. Yeah. And whether they're going to negotiate with the, the city of Oakland or vice versa, uh, that is that that is not a, a good relationship at the moment. No. At TBD, the A's are obviously looking here in Sacramento. I know that their AAA park in Vegas with the Aviators is a is a possibility, which is out in BFE, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been. No, but me no. and some friends went to Vegas. It, it, not to brag, we went to Vegas a couple summers ago, and I mean, middle of July it sucked. But we went, hey, we all love Warm. baseball. Let's go to an Aviators game. I'm like hell yeah, let's go. We call call a taxi because that's what you do in Vegas. You call a taxi, not an Uber because like the taxi union there is so strong that Ubers are like 150 bucks nuts. But we call this taxi and we see it. It's like miles out. We thought we were going on the street. Mm. Like, nah, man, you gotta, you gotta take a highway. You gotta get away from the strip. You gotta get way the hell out there. Is it in Henderson? Maybe. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the name of the town. Okay. That is a town in Nevada. I think, I think that it is just, crazy not it's not like an hour and a half away but it was a good like 15 20 minutes yeah it was not close it was an expensive taxi Oof. and it's hot oh no it's hot it's seven o'clock seven o'clock first pitch is like 110 you get a tall bud light you gotta like smash it like super yeah, fast or it gets warm <laughs> you need one of those little sleeves dude i learned that the hard way so i bought so i bought a, a big bud light and i just i i'm not a like i'm gonna chug this 30 ounce Bud Light. Like I'm yeah, just yeah, not, yeah. that's, that's not the kind of beer drinker I am. Sorry. Um, and I'm, so I'm, st- I'm working my way through this beer and I'm like halfway through it and it's warm now. Mm. It's legit like room temp Bud Light. And, and 
this guy sits in front of me. I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Dude's wearing the exact same Hawaiian shirt. Oh no! So like, oh, this is your twinsies, right? This is funny. So I got it. So I go buy him a beer. I bring it down to him. He gets up and buys me a beer. So now I have this second beer that's getting warm while I have my half warm one already. Oh, it's a tough experience for your boy. Because I'm not <laughs> wasting it. You're not going to do that. That's crazy. Yeah. A stranger bought this for me. I'm going to. You, you needed one of those hats. Yeah. With just double just, straws. <laughs> <laughs> just go to town. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my my that was my Vegas baseball story and did not have a good time. Yeah, anyway, I'm okay if this is a prove it type situation. I'm not okay yeah, if sure. this is just a lifeline and you're helping somebody out who at the end of the day is a bad person. Yeah. And that's who John Fisher is. He's he's a bad owner and I I don't want his stink all over Sacramento. Um uh, but Again, even if you had to say goodbye to the Giants affiliate to make this happen, mm-hmm. I think it would come with the understanding that you would, when the A's did go to Vegas, you would get their AAA team back in Sacramento, which is what the A's, uh, which is what the Rivercats were originally. I think for the first 12 years, they were the A's affiliate, not the Giants affiliate, which... It you know. would be peak Oakland Athletics to move their team to Vegas, where they already have a AAA team, which would make things like call-ups... And options and things like that, super easy, only to supplant the team, the AAA team, and move them up to Sacramento. Yeah, but you don't have enough of a fan base there to support two <laughs> baseball teams, Kyle. That's a good a point. AAA and a and no, point. you don't have the fan base to do that. I wonder how many Aviators fans are going to become A's fans. Maybe. I, I mean, like, look, it's a baseball town. Like, I, I've had cousins. I have cousins in Sacramento. Vegas. No, Vegas. They mm. they love. It used to be the uh, the Vegas Stars. Mm. They, they love baseball there. Yeah. So, uh, but I you just don't have enough people and enough of a fan base. I don't. Yeah. Think, to support yeah. it. No, I totally agree. Um, we should probably talk about the Kings next because yeah. that's what we're gonna do here, and then we got sidetracked. So, uh, let's get into Kings Pacers next on the Insiders on ESPN thirteen twenty. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Loop on ESPN 1320. All right. So, Kyra Lewis was sent by the Pelicans to the Pacers in exchange for cash consideration. Um, Kyra Lewis and a 2024 second-round pick sent to the Pacers in exchange for cash considerations. Lewis was then, as part of the Siakam deal, flipped to Toronto. Okay. Well, that's weird because right? he's still listed on the the Pelicans, I mean, the, the Pacers injury report. So right, so that deal's done. So he's on the Pacers, mm. but he will be traded to Toronto before he plays for the Pacers. Okay, I, I did see that. Um, that was a lot. This hard caps them at the apron, so mm. that's why you might be able to make a deal beforehand. And then New Orleans was over the the cap, uh, was over the luxury tax, mm-hmm. and so they were just looking to to shave a little bit of cash off so they could save some money. And that makes sense. Cap. Yeah. Money-saving moves. All right. Yeah, complicated. When do you think we'll ever get to the point that the Sabonis-Halliburton trade gets looked at as like a win for everybody? At least outside of Sacramento and Indiana, because I think everybody in Sacramento kind of views it that way already. It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, these. I do believe that these two players will, will be attached yeah, like, forever. In, in every conversation forever. Right. So, and I don't know how you shake that. And to be honest, I I think that it's part of the reason why people look at Sabonis a different way than they should, especially from the outside. Like people who watch Sabonis every night have an appreciation for who he is and what he does. Mm -hmm. People who don't, I I don't think understand just how good he is, how efficient he is, how he stuffs his stat sheet like nobody's business. Right. How he doesn't even try to stuff the stat sheet and stuffs the stat sheet. He's not a guy who's out there looking and hunting for a triple-double. He's mm-hmm. just not. So I think a lot of people miss who and what he is, but I think it's it's almost like you, you downgrade him because Halliburton looks like, you know, the next, well, he looks like Steve Nash. Yeah. You know, like he is the next Steve Nash or whatever. And um, so at, at the end of the day, I, I think that, like, I consider the trade not just a, a win-win, Mm-hmm. I ex- I consider it a huge win for Sacramento. Like yeah. the, the Kings were spent 16 years in not mediocrity in like basketball hell. Yeah. And this guy walks in the door and you make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. A- and you make the playoffs with you know again De'Aaron Fox because becomes a star mm-hmm. al- playing alongside him. So mm-hmm. you don't just have one star. You, he instantly helped create a second star. 
Not that Fox hadn't already raised his game to a certain plateau. I was say, I'm not giving Sabonis that much credit, man. Sorry. No, no, you you have to. <laughs> like he he wasn't uh, he wasn't considered a star before. I'll tell you what. No, he's he's considered a star now because the team is good. I don't think Demonis Sabonis' arrival made De'Aaron Fox suddenly like, oh hey, De'Aaron Fox is good now. I think he was trending that way regardless. It's just now they're a playoff team, so the stats matter. No, I get what you're saying there, but I would tell you that you know De'Aaron Fox two years ago two like three seasons ago, mm-hmm. had better stats than he did last year. Mm-hmm. Just better stats. Mm-hmm. He wasn't considered a star then. Right, because and, they weren't winning. Yeah, but Sabonis walks in the door and he helps create that second star. I, that Just in my opinion, I, like, I don't think De'Aaron Fox gets mentioned in the same ballpark if it wasn't for the fact that they start winning and I don't think they start winning without without Demonis Sabonis. No, I buy that. I think we're saying a little bit the same thing. I'm just misinterpreting what you're saying, I think. Yeah, I'm not saying that the only reason that De'Aaron Fox is a star is because of Sabonis, but he helped create a second star here. He would not have been an all-star if it wasn't for Demonis Sabonis walking in the door. I, you know, It doesn't matter what his stats say. He wasn't going to be there until they started winning, and they weren't going right. to start winning until right. Demonis Sabonis walked in the door. Right. Like, if you made all the same moves, if you mm-hmm. if you had Halliburton with, uh, and you went out and you got Malik Monk and you went out and got Kevin Herter and did all the same moves, that's not a playoff team. That's so many guards. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is. But it's, it's a just, lot of guards. You know, it's not a playoff team. No, it's no, it's not. It's it's definitely not. Yeah. Um, unless they fall backwards into, I don't know, I don't even, Walker Kessler or something. Well, that uh, is, <laughs> I think we should also, like, there is this moment where they trade for Sabonis, but then they really, that season falls apart and mm-hmm. Fox sits out the last, I don't know, six or eight games and mm-hmm. Barnes sat out a bunch of games. Sabonis, uh, his wife had a baby and he missed a couple of games. Anyway, they kind of shut that season down and I, it, it'll be like an asterisk way off in the distance and people forget. But because that happened, the Kings fell to like number eight and then they actually moved up in the lottery mm-hmm. to number four. And that's where you get Keegan Murray, who could become the third piece Without all of those things happening at that one time, it's just kind of, you know, it's kismet how it all comes together. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, I, I, I think that they're they're on a good path, Kyle, but I don't think that we're ever going to be able to separate Sabonis and, and Halliburton. And I think we should just appreciate that both are really, really, really good players. And both of them have a legitimate shot at making the Hall of Fame. And... You know, you just hope that uh, Sabonis continues on the pace that he's kind of set as a standard for the last five years. Yeah, I think hmm. I think anybody who pays attention knows, but it wouldn't surprise me if if ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road, there's some like there's some like prevailing uh, opinion that like, oh man, the Kings traded Tyrese Halliburton. Oh boy. And that's just going to, because like there just needs to be a hard take on everything and going, yeah, "Yeah, Hey, the Kings got better and they, they, the Pacers got better. And that's just kind of what it is. I I, I just don't know how you look at if, if you're being objective and you look at the direction both teams have gone since then, Mm -hmm. I just don't know how you're, trying to figure out one way or the other like oh well th- this team benefited more from from the trade than this team did or whatever like Tyrese Halliburton wouldn't be the player he is without the move 
Yeah. And I think same thing, like Demonis Sabonis was, was good in, in Indiana and a, and a really, really good player and like a, oh, hey, he might go for a triple-double, but the, the he took a step forward in Sacramento. Yeah. And the Kings followed. Mm-hmm. So I... I think it's okay. It, it, the the one deciding thing would be if one of them makes a Hall of Fame and the other one doesn't. And like everyone can say like instantly, oh, Sabonis is, you know, that that uh, that Halliburton's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Eh, Halliburton's got a long ways to go to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and, for like, sure. He's on, a, he's on a path, but injuries and everything else can derail a career very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so like we don't know for sure, but I will say that like Sabonis well on his way. And so it just, I think that might be like the defining thing, but it's okay for both teams to win a trade. It is. And I don't understand why that that. That's how most trades are designed to go, by the way. Yeah, but very rarely does it happen. No doubt. Like, no doubt. But the idea that both teams want to trade shouldn't be a foreign idea. It's Mm -hmm. just, oh, that trade worked. Yeah. It's like sometimes a team gets fleeced and there are, there are definitely exceptions where there's a trade and what on the surface immediately it's like oh my god what are they doing the the Pau Gasol trade to the Lakers mm. like that right away was like mm, like uh. and did they get Marcus all didn't the Grizzlies get Marcus all in that and that's that what happens they got Marcus yeah they a fell backwards right they fell backwards into Marcus all there but on the surface it's like oh this, this is ugly yeah but I think all trades have to be looked at like you have to have some distance from it yeah you know look at look at, like the Herschel Walker trade. Mm-hmm. Right to where Dallas trades him to Minnesota, mm-hmm. they get Jack Del Rio, and then they got like a boatload of picks and and some other players. But it ends up being like w- the biggest like swing in two franchises ever. I, you basically built a dynasty off of one trade. Dallas did, mm-hmm. and they successfully built a dynasty. And so, yeah, that trade, like in hindsight, is crazy. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was like, okay, that's crazy. But Herschel Walker's a star, and like he's going mm-hmm. to Minnesota, like like the way it was viewed the day it happened versus like three years later right. was like stunning. And then yeah. the fact that Dallas just went on to win and win and win, it became like, wow, okay, this is pretty intense. And Minnesota's never won a title. No. Oof. Yeah. And so those are always fun, like sliding doors moments in sports. Like we know Dallas is like the team one the team of the nineties. Mm-hmm. They were the how about them cowboys and it's Troy Aikman, it's Michael Irvin, it's Emmett Smith, and oh my God. But what what does the NFL landscape look like if the Herschel Walker trade just never happens? Because the Vikings don't just automatically with the draft picks, they dra- draft all the same players the Cowboys did. No, of course not. Like the, everything everything works out different. That's so that's so weird. Yeah, and, and I mean I think even in the NBA you can go back through history and see like crazy trades that happen. I mean, Robert Tractor Trailer, uh, RIP, mm-hmm. was uh, the number six pick. And three picks later was Dirk Nowitzki. And mm-hmm. they traded nine for six and got other stuff to move down to take Dirk. Dang. I mean, that happened. Uh, Olden Polonese was selected and mm-hmm. traded for Scottie Pippen. And, like, that swap happened. Like, they, they uh, again, Olden Paulings, I believe, was a higher pick than Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. And Seattle traded uh, Scottie Pippen to the Bulls right. on draft night. Like, there's a lot of things that happen in the league. Even, you know, Vince Carter and uh, Antoine Jameson yeah. on draft night. Uh, what were they, four and five? And Antoine Jameson was number four and he was number five. And, you know, one goes on to be, like, a surefire Hall of Famer. And the other one was a decent player. But, you know, there's a lot of trades that go on in the history of, of sports that just end up 
looking way different than you thought they would have at the time. The Warriors almost traded Steph to Phoenix for Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. That's I mean, crazy. And their dynasty would have never happened. Never. Never. Never, ever. Uh, and then Clay Thompson almost got traded for Kevin Love. Mm. And I think it was Jerry West nixed that idea. Yeah. And I mean, like, uh, we talk about this with the Kings all the time. I mean, the Kings drafted Thomas Robinson, and the next pick was Damian Lillard. The Kings drafted Jimmer for Debt number 10, uh, and then Clay Thompson, Stephen Adams go, mm-hmm. uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, well, you and, know. and the the C.J. McCollum deal. C.J. McCollum. Oh, uh, yeah, that was Ben McLemore. And the number 15, 16 pick in that draft, uh, Jeff Petrie, according to lore, had a dossier on Giannis Antetokounmpo and kept telling Pete D'Alessandro and his staff to, to draft. All right, hang on. Yeah. I'm going to... You may or may not know this, and this may or may not be public info. This may or may not be private info. I don't know. Do you believe that? Or is this a Danny Ainge thing where Danny Ainge was about to draft or trade for whatever every good player ever? No, because it was right afterwards we started hearing. And, you know, I don't know if you remember how that whole thing happened. I but, have d- no recollection. But two weeks before the draft, Jeff Petrie and Was his I staff... living in California when that happened? Yeah, so that's when Vivek buys a team, right? And Jeff Petrie and his staff had stayed on and were helping Pete D'Alessandro, Chris Mullen go through the draft process, right? Mm-hmm. And this is in 2013. At the last second, like uh, maybe it was a week before the draft, maybe two weeks before the draft, they fired Jeff and his staff and just said goodbye. Mm. So I, it was a bad day. I went into Paul Martin's down the street yeah. to have a drink after a bad day of craziness. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, there are Wayne Cooper and, and Jeff Petrie sitting there and I sent over a glass of wine. God right. bless RIP Wayne Cooper. Uh, he drank expensive wine that cost me a lot. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Petrie was much he's not, more he's affordable. He's drinking the happy hour cab, huh? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, it was like a moment frozen in time. And then on the way out the door, people forget that Pete D'Alessandro absconded with uh, all the Kings iPads and took the uh, all their draft strategy a week before the draft. Dang. Like I, life comes at you fast here in Sacramento. Boy, does it! In case you missed it, uh, but yeah, there's like maybe maybe it's a little bit of lore, but I do know that Jeff Petrie had scouted Giannis Antetokounmpo. He knew exactly who Giannis was. He did not know exactly who Giannis would become. Right, but, but he did to take know a flyer. He who he he was like heading towards. Um, but yeah, do you know who got taken one pick ahead of Giannis Antetokounmpo? Oh, I don't because that's one of the worst drafts. Yeah. That Anthony Bennett draft. won. Yep. Otto Porter Jr. Love him, but third overall, that's nuts. What do we got? Uh, the only guy who panned out at all was uh, was Oladipo. And even that, uh, he, his career ended quickly because of, I mean, he still plays, but it, his career like petered out because of injury. Alex in top, Len? Or, Alex or, Len was five. Yep. Cody Zeller still in the league. Uh, Nerland's Noel is number seven. Six. Six. And then Ben Mac McLemore, seven. seven. Yeah. yeah. Contavious Caldwell Pope, eight. Mm-hmm. KCP's had a nice little career. Yeah. Carved out a nice little career for himself. Trey Burke, nine. Michigan legend. Uh, CJ McCollum, 10. Yep. Uh, and uh, Steven Adams, 11. Nope. 12. Rookie of the year. Oh, Michael Carter Williams. Was 11. Yep. Yep. Steven Adams, 12. Yep. Kelly Olenek, 13. Oh. Really good career. That's a nice pick by the... Uh, 
by the Celtics. Well, yep. Mavericks traded to the Celtics. Number 14. One pick ahead of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Stockton Kings legend, Shabazz Muhammad. Let's go. Oh, Come wow. on. Wow. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Dennis Schroeder, 17. It's so funny how there, there are just some drafts where like every team is freaked out about getting lottery picks. Oh, lottery picks, lottery picks. But then there's some drafts like this one where outside the lottery you have Dennis Schroeder, yep. um, Mason Plumley, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, Rudy Gobert. Oh, yeah. Gobert was 27. I remember yep. Rudy Gobert coming in for his workout, and he he was one of those dudes who likes to take his shirt off, and he literally looked like he had just like pumped iron. And he was he was sitting on the floor, <laughs> leaning back, like kind of like looking over at the media, like, "Oh, I'm, I'm buff." And then he goes <laughs> to stand up, and his legs are this big around. <laughs> his legs, like they're the size of a boulder marble, <sighs> like. And you're like, "Oh no, is he gonna fall over? Like, what is happening?" Uh, yeah, he's he's grown Ouch. up a lot. Yeah, has he? Uh, maybe not. I, you <laughs> know, I, I will say this: like, I it's one of the joys of of being in Sacramento is that for years you got to cover the draft and you got to see these guys before they were anything, right? They yeah. might have been like really good college players. Sure. But even the really good college players, most of the time did not show up for media. So like mm. we can get, I, I mean, I remember Steven Adams coming in for his pre-draft workout and, you know, calling all of us mate a bunch of times. And like, he, it was just like, oh man, you got to draft this guy. Like he's spectacular. Just, yeah. Like even just, then. Just pick him. I don't know if he's good. But then, <laughs> but then Clay walked in and we interviewed Clay and, and my friend, Sean Cunningham, I believe it was Sean, uh, asked Clay about, he had just had a marijuana possession issue, uh, in Clay did after college. What? I'm almost, yes. And Clay smokes weed. Clay got very, very uptight and not, not at all comfortable with what was happening. And it, it became a very awkward situation. That's and then right. I said this story the other day, Michael Carter Williams walked in. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like the. I'm like Jason Kidd, but but not like the bad old Jason Kidd that you see now. It's like, man, Jason Kidd is still really, yeah, really Jason, good. Jason Kidd might be better now. <laughs> but like but like Jason Kidd in his prime, and it's like, okay, bro, we just heard that you missed like 99 of your shots, of your 100 shots. <sighs> yeah, so they're like, that's why I love the draft, man. The draft is really cool because you, you do. You get to see these kids, you know, Kawhi Leonard just not saying a word. Uh, like long before they're they're anything, and it, it's kind of fun. Can I confess something? Uh oh. Where we're talking about this, nobody. Uh, this is just between you and me. Nobody listen. Um, <laughs> I miss when the 49ers had like early picks. Oh yeah. Like just for from the content perspective. Oh yeah. Like writing about a top ten pick is so much more fun than writing about the 27th pick. Yeah. I told you I'm planning a vacation for uh, the last week in June this year. I can do free agency from uh, remotely like I did last year. And, you know, I'm breaking stories from my hotel room and, and PV. Uh, but, but this year, like I'm looking at like the Kings don't have a draft pick. They don't have a first round (laughs) pick. And I don't know if they'll have a second round pick when it's all said. It's so much more fun to cover a good team. Like no, like without question, Un, undeniably, it is more fun to cover a team that is winning and making the playoffs. Yes. No doubt, 
1,000%. And if you're a fan who loves the draft, you feel the same way about your favorite team. Like You would way rather they be good and have the last pick in the draft because they won the title than have the first pick in the draft because they sucked. Like That is unequivocal. However, however, it's more fun to cover the draft when, like, the last couple of years, the 49ers haven't even had their first round pick because of the Trey Lance trade. Yeah. But that 2021 draft was electric, right? Mac Jones, Trey Lance. What if, what if, what if, oh, may, hey, maybe they traded up for Kyle Pitts or whatever. Like, it was just a whirlwind of, and then two years in a row with no first round pick. Oh, it's such a bummer. Late second round oh. in 2022. And then this past year, he didn't pick until, uh, what, they trade up to like 88 to get Jair Brown. It's like, ah, uh, Yeah. I'll wait till late on day two for, it's just kind of, I know. I, like I miss the, it. Like draft night, that's, I, I do, like draft night is so much better when you have a, a high pick. Uh, even this last year, we get all the way up to right before the pick and the Kings trade the 24 to Dallas with Rashawn Holmes. And it's like, oh man. And then even, I think they traded their early second round pick. Uh, and kept the one with Colby Jones. They moved back or something. And so, yeah, there's a lot of times where the draft means everything to a franchise. Like, And I know this because I covered years and years. I mean, I think two years in a row, the Kings had three first-round picks. So Yorgos, uh, Malachi, and Scowl. And then they brought over Bogdan that year. Um, and then the next year is De'Aaron... Uh, Justin Jackson, Harry Giles, Frank Mason in the second round. Like, that's a lot of draft coverage. Yeah. It's a lot. Of, I mean, I, for NBC, the during the lockout, I mean, during the uh, the pandemic, I wrote 23 mock drafts. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so many mock drafts. 23 mock drafts. <gasps> I feel like I'm really cranking out a mock drafts when I'm doing, like, eight. <laughs> Yeah, twenty three. So the funny. only thing I wish, Kyle, is that they would have put those under Kings numbers, not Warriors numbers, because then you know, nah, yeah. may, maybe it would have looked better for my yeah. employment status the next year. Yeah, sorry, just man. saying. Yeah, um, I mentioned Jair Brown. Tyler Jennings asked if he's starting at safety this week. Yeah, it, he is back in practice. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson also back in practice. The only member of the 49ers defense, the only member of the 49ers who looks like he's going to be out this week is Cleveland Furl. Mm. I think everybody else is going to be back. Yeah, and guys, I know Clay smokes. That was the bit. Yeah, like I was being sarcastic. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle. <laughs> I thought I was written. Sorry, uh, that's my fault. You know what? That's my fault. I shouldn't have tried to make jokes. Uh, that's funny. Or it's fine. It doesn't always work on the radio. Uh, I don't know, Kyle. No, I, I, I did, you know I always say that about Twitter. I'm like, ah, you know what? My sarcasm doesn't really work. I thought for sure the inflection of the voice and the facial expression would really give it away, but no, it's my fault. Uh, you know who else was taken in this draft? Ray McCallum. Oh, yeah, Ray McCallum. Big Ray McCallum guy. Uh, I was there when... Um, yeah, great, great <laughs> summer league. When uh, Michael Malone said, hey, can you please get me a point guard? I Isaiah Thomas was hurt. Everyone was hurt at the end of the season. And uh, they were running Ray McCallum out there for 47 minutes a game. <laughs> and you know what? how, how Pete D'Alessandro responded? Hmm. He signed Royce White. Oh, my God. Isn't that the guy who wouldn't fly? Yes. Oh, no. I think he was running for Congress this last year. Yeah. On, on I like, think that's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, on, on the Band Plains ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the slightly unstable ticket. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Royce White ever scored a point in the NBA. Uh, and I think he was a 10th pick in the draft. 
You could tell me anything about Rice White, and I believe you. Mm. Okay. Is Hufanga available? No, Talanoa Hufanga, just getting back to the Niners injury stuff real quick, Talanoa Hufanga's out for the year. Torn ACL, you're done, done. Yeah. Yeah, so, no. I think he's the uh, only one I ever on saw. IR and won't be coming back. Remember Jerry Rice came back from a torn ACL in, in season and then broke his kneecap in the first game. Mm. Yeah. Uh, was it Adrian Peterson also... It wasn't the same season, but he came back from a torn ACL in like four months. Mm. Yeah. And then Cam Akers, the Rams running back recently, blew out his Achilles in the preseason and came back during the season. Oh. Like that's that's wild. Dude, modern medicine, man. Royce right. White was the sixteenth pick overall in the two thousand twelve NBA draft. He never scored an NBA point. He played <sighs> three games total, uh nine minutes total, all with the Is Sacramento. He, Iowa State? Um uh, yeah, I think he was a cyclone. Yeah, Iowa uh, State. Yeah. Wonder if Brock Purdy knows him. Oh, there you go. All right. Anyways. Um speaking of Brock Purdy, speaking of the 49ers, we have a Pro Football Hall of Famer joining us next. He invented the Lambo leap. He is a Green Bay Packers legend. He is Leroy Butler, uh, a thorn in the side of the 49ers through the mid to late 90s when the Packers were just knocking the Niners out of the playoffs every single year. Uh, one of my favorite people to talk football with. He will be joining us next on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hayne and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.